podcast i got my guy tevin in here i'm your host kyle cognitore and we have the pleasure of having glencoe silver lake legend go for great former professional football player vice president banker by day professional snowmobiler by night or shall i say by winter <laughs> Mr. john hazy is with us today how's it going johnny boy good good thanks for having me on my man i got a question <laughs> how does a kid growing up on a little farm town live out this movie script life hollywood can't even write this it's good story. Tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know. I um, yeah, grew up you know small town. Grew up on a farm out in Glencoe, uh, Minnesota. Uh, you know, I guess I yeah, small town. Uh, you know, just obviously loved the game of football and uh, had the opportunity to actually walk on <clears throat> at the University of Minnesota after uh, uh, Glenn Mason and his staff was uh, dismissed and. Uh, you know, just try to take or make the most of the opportunity and and take advantage of it. So, um, you know, that's kind of I'm just kind of summarizing it. You know, did the football mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, <clears throat> you know, after after college, was able to have another opportunity bouncing around a little bit in the NFL, and then um, since that time, have actually gotten back into snowmobile racing, which I did in high school and had to stop because of the. The opportunity with football, but yeah, I've gotten back into racing snowmobiles and uh, actually racing a little bit of dirt bike too. Um, so I just don't like to sit still. So, <laughs> so, did you say you walked on it at Minnesota? Did you turn down any smaller offers to other schools? Um, I so I had taken yeah, truth, I took a visit to St. John's, and I think part of that was probably just to get out of a day of school, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I went there. Uh, I from you know the conversation with my high school coaches, Iowa had requested some film, and they had sent some film down there, but that didn't really progress to anything else. Um, St. Cloud State had offered a small scholarship, and and truthfully, at that time, I was uh, doing well with racing snowmobiles. Where I either wanted to do it, just kind of do it big and go, you know, Division One and and try it, because I also thought, you know, if I did want to transfer down, it's a little bit easier to go down schools since you don't have to sit out a year yeah. and, and such. So I thought, well, you know, with the opportunity, I was getting recruited late uh, by Glenn Mason's staff and actually went down to the Iowa game. Uh, it would have been senior year. So I remember that year, it was however the bracket played out. It was like the upper bracket played Thursday in the state semifinals. Friday was the other side of the bracket. And then um, the following week, we had our championship game. But that Saturday was the Iowa game, and, and uh, I remember Vic Adamley was the running back coach at the time, and uh, he had called and had invited me down to the Iowa game, and uh, I don't think the Gophers really uh, picked to win that game, but they ended up winning, and that was, I believe, their sixth win of that year that made them bowl eligible. So um, that I don't want to say it was a shock to them, but it was kind of they're just like, all right, well, we're going to have bowl practices and that stuff. We'll, we'll be in touch with you um, through this all. You know, we want to get you back on campus and stuff like that. And uh, that was the year uh, in the bowl game that the Gophers played Texas Tech. And that was the game. Don't quote me on the score, but I think it was like 35 to 3 or 31 to th- or 37 to 3. But that was Texas Tech came back, uh, tied it up. It went to overtime and, and beat the Gophers or beat us in – 
in overtime. And that was like the largest come from behind win in, in uh, division one history, I think. So, um, and I actually happened to be down there too, because we're really good family friends with uh, Willie Vandesteeg's family. And I have an older brother, they're the same grade and, and really good friends. But so I was down at that game too, just watching them, you know, I'm pretty excited and watching and just kind of the second half just was tough to watch, but, um, <laughs> but I still, I, you know, I still loved uh, um, everything I saw and truthfully growing up. I mean, I'm kind of a homer. I'll say that like, like being, you know, the hometown teams and, and such. And, um, you know, didn't really know I would even have an opportunity to play f- down at the U of M and, and after that little bit of recruiting, uh, again, that, you know, then uh, Glenn Mason staff got fired after uh, after that bowl game. I think it was the day after. And I was kind of sitting in limbo and uh, was talking to my high school coaches and just talked about the idea of <clears throat> possibly walking on. And they were able to kind of connect with some of Tim Brewster's staff who was, who was uh, coming in and um, got in contact with them. Uh, I had to... Uh, not that I was, not that school was really tough. I shouldn't say that, but, you know, taking the ACT and that kind of stuff, it was just trying to get that all coordinated and, uh, you know, everything else. So got in touch with Tim Brewster's staff, talked about the idea of, you know, walking on and, and such, um, took my ACT, uh, you know, sent all the information to the U of M and, and I graduated high school and it was, I think it was middle of June before I like heard back and got like my acceptance letter. So it's kind of sitting there, you know, like, I don't know where I'm going to be here in about, you know, two, three weeks, like what's going on kind of thing, or, you know, where I'm going to be going to school. So boom, they're wrecking there. But, um, but yeah, I had, uh, had gotten accepted. And uh, at that time got in touch with the staff to get ready for training camp and all that. And um, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, I don't know, it's quite, a, quite a change, that especially the first you know couple of weeks. You don't really know uh, what's going on. My mom, uh, she always kind of gives me grief about it too. She's like, I've never seen you so like scared or nervous like the day I dropped you off at college because, because um, I mean, it wasn't college, it was just more like training camp. And yeah. we left at, you know, I had to be down on campus by six in the morning or something. So I left at like 4.30 in the morning and just, not knowing what to expect. I'm talking to Willie Van Steeg a little bit. And he's telling me about uh, the run test that they had talked about, which I still remember. Yeah. And he, they called it the Steeler drill. And it was, uh, I believe you had to do four 400 yard or 400 meter uh, runs, but you only had like a minute break. But I, you know, I'm, I'm in the summer, like just nervous trying to run and, you know, I'm getting so nervous for this. And then I remember Bruce right away was just like, all right, freshman, go to the side. You guys don't have to do this. So, you know, you're kind of like sigh of relief where everyone else does their run test. And then he's like, all right, freshman on the line, mile and a half run. It was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, all of a sudden, so, and I remember too being so nervous and like, like, I think for the first mile I was leading it. And then obviously you had two more laps on the track. And like, I just started getting past. <laughs> it just ran so hard and so nervous. And all of a sudden I was just getting got so gassed. But right, yeah, the but, adrenaline wears off. And yeah, yeah. And we were actually, uh, Tim Brewster is first, uh, by camp, we were actually up at St. John's. So we were up there. The dorms really didn't have much AC. It was just, that was a really long week. Uh, and, you know, especially your first year, you don't really know what to expect. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was uh, quite the experience. And truthfully, that first year was tough in general. We went 1-11. It was just, I mean, growing up was fortunate to be part of the program where we've had a lot of wins and, and such, you know, through high school and then to go one to eleven, that was not 
that was not normal. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was different, but yeah, you know, then I was able to about halfway through the year, uh, uh, start playing on some special teams and, and uh, I remember it was against Indiana. I played I think four or five plays. And I was like the, in the sixth game. And after that, they're like, well, your red shirt's burned up. So you'll be on special teams the rest of the year. And, and then just, yeah, the next year I played on all four facets of special teams. Actually, I did that all through college. I learned or kind of grew to love uh, the special teams. I liked being a part of that and, and you know, kickoffs and such and uh, um, everything else. But it wasn't until uh, my sophomore year, our bowl game. Then we had a new, what they call the run game coordinator. And we did, or we brought a fullback into the offense and I just happened to be the biggest running back at the time. So, uh, kind of got thrown in that position and, and tried to put some weight on through the years. So junior year, I started at fullback and senior year as well. So, um, Dude, but you're like 240 going into high or coming out of high school anyways you're a grown-ass <laughs> man <laughs> i wasn't quite that big i was, I was probably like 205 210 but I remember that, yeah because my freshman year actually they this is another thing too like we just didn't have any depth i remember um our i was actually playing safety and uh, i was back in up don barber and he was a senior and it was dom was in secondary and then it was three true freshmen and I was like, oh, man, if Dom gets hurt, like, four true freshmen back there, I'm like, we're going to get eaten alive. And, and as, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, too, you know, in high school, I played a little bit of defense, but, it, you know, again, we, in our in our high school, we tried to run just one side of the ball. So, or, you know, playing one side of the ball. So I was like, oh, man, defense just doesn't, not that they can't play, it just feels a little unnatural yet, too, because I haven't played it for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, so then it wasn't until, yeah, my, uh, I think I went through training, or excuse me, I went through spring ball and um, I put on some more weight. And then the idea was they were going to move me to linebacker. But uh, at that time, I just felt more comfortable on offense and asked if, if I could move back to the offensive side of the ball and, and uh, made the switch after spring ball um, before our sophomore or before my sophomore season. And then from there was on offense throughout. So, but uh, Man, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, I was happy to happy to do that, or you know, get back on the offensive side. And yeah, I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen with, you know, being a fullback or anything like that. And um, you know, in hindsight, it was uh, kind of a blessing that created an opportunity for me to get on the field. And um, yeah, it's happy to happy to do that and had a lot of fun with it. So, well, before we, <clears throat> before we keep going in this this football side of it all through college and everything like that, I kind of want to rewind. And first of all, I want to say happy birthday. Your birthday oh, was the fourth. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I hope you much. had a great birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So, but then I want, to bring, I want to bring it back to your high school days because, like, like sure. we were talking off camera, you kicked the crap out of me my sophomore year, your senior year. <laughs> you're unbelievable. Like, like I said, you look like you're 6'2", 240 <laughs> out there, bigger than all the offensive linemen I had on my team. Um, and, and I remember playing you, Munch, Algeric, and I know I'm leaving some other guys off of it, but I, I like you said, yeah. you guys almost had four or three thousand yard rushers. Your yeah, yeah. I think Dusty Bud's, was off by like ten or twelve yards. Yeah, something. Uh, Bud Sankin was our fullback, and you know, truthfully, he probably had the highest average because we would, you know, and that's what made it so fun. It was, you know, if one guy had a big game, I mean, you would kind of see the defense kind of key in on that person, and you know. Bud Sankin was playing fullback and he'd, you know, rip off a 60 yard, 80 yard run just on a play. Cause you know, they were keen on, like as you mentioned, Dusty or myself or, or Matt Muncho was a quarterback and he was a, 
Um, well, he had won state in the 400 his yeah, junior yeah, we year. Almost. I mean, he was a he's really fast too. So it was, um, but yeah, it it made it fun because you know who are they going to key on if you know if they stop <laughs> one person and say they couldn't you know then it was the next person. So next person was up. So yeah, I think I mean not a big stats guy, but I think I led our team with receiving with like. I don't know if I even had 300 yards receiving. And uh, <laughs> it was like, well, here's where we're going to run, and we'll tell you where we're going to run and try to stop it kind of thing. It's Yeah, yeah Montel was... had, what, 10 passing attempts the whole season? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> receiver, that hurts just to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The, so... the crazy thing, too, is is Hazy had, like, 30 touchdowns that season as well. <laughs> just seemed yeah. with everybody. Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> so... The, so yeah, then, a lot of good years. Well, oh, keep going. My bad. No, I was just gonna say a lot of good years in high school. I, you know, and then um, I think my not to, you know, just talk about all the glory days. But as you know, I was fortunate. I think my sophomore junior year, we uh, we lost in the state semifinals, and then my senior year, we ended up winning state. But uh, your grade, they uh, they won state the next two years. I think through their, yeah. you know, sophomores through their senior years, they they had two losses. And three state championships. I'm like, man, that's a heck of a career if you can do that. And yeah, no, big deal when we were out drinking. And I don't know if you remember this. Is we'd all be, he'd be talking about the glory days, or anybody would be talking about football. You know how it is. People start thinking yeah. they're whatever they were. And yeah. Nobody, yeah. Looked everybody, and you go one, two, three. Yep, three. <laughs> Got three championships. And then he'd walk away from the conversation. Nobody'd have anything to say. Yeah, yeah, I could see him doing that too. But yeah, so we had we had again small town, you know, between uh, Glencoe and Silver Lake, and um, but yeah, we had a lot of pride in our in our football out there, and had some really good coaches uh, through the years. And uh, yeah, they just they made it fun for everyone. They, you know, it's nice. Still think it's one of the best games out there. I mean, it doesn't matter, um, you know, body shape, body size, whatever. You can find a position, you know, on the field and. And uh, with that, you got to work together. I mean, obviously, you have 11 people um, with the same objective, offense, defense. Well, obviously, your special teams, too. But I'm just saying, I mean, it's a lot of moving parts to it. And um, just, I feel like it really, really bonds uh, a group of people. So, yeah, <clears throat> that a sweet program going out there. Hats off to everybody yeah. out there. And it, it is a really cool city, the way you guys all come together and how big it is at your school, the, the, the love everybody has for the game and the school spirit, I mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the the crazy thing that comes to my mind when I think about it, though, is it was it hard, especially like you said, you're a homer going from that crazy school spirit to then, you know, the darker days of the U of M program. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was in like, you know, I've gone to a couple of gopher games and stuff and, you, you know, if you want to say a little sheltered or whatever, it, I didn't really realize like how kind of I don't want to say like when we were at the metronome with the Gophers like I didn't realize like how kind of poorly attended the games were until you went uh you know you went to some of these other bigger schools like Ohio State or um you know again I spent a little time in Green Bay with the Packers but I still have a lot of uh dislike towards Wisconsin football because again it's a rivalry it's big you know Mm -hmm. but props to them too I mean you go there and I give a compliment it's you know you go to a game like that and go to Camp Randall and see the school spirit there, it's like, man, this is crazy. So with all that being said, it was, it was uh, awesome to see football come back to campus, see the new TCF Bank Stadium. And, um, you know, I drove past that every day uh, as a freshman. I lived over in that area, and it was just cool to see it. And 
Um, it's fun to go down there now and see the games and and uh, see that school spirit kind of coming back around. And, and uh, I was uh, happened to attend the Penn State game last year. Well, I still get season tickets, still buy season tickets, and, like getting down there. But uh, that like Penn State game this year was uh, it was just electric. It was yeah, people all over, storm the field. I mean, it was a lot of fun. So. Oh yeah, I, I remember coming to watch you guys play a lot. Uh, I I was at St. Thomas, but I'd always find somebody to hook me up with tickets. Actually, Chris Newman usually would hook me oh, up with sure. tickets yep. somehow, yep. and I'd get it in somebody's ID or whatever. <laughs> and then get drunk with you guys after the game. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of good memories on campus, definitely. But yeah, it's so. I mean, as you're you know, just kind of answering the question, it's just like yeah, when we went to the Metrodome and. Winning really certainly, you know, helps. So my freshman year, when we go one eleven, it's like I don't necessarily blame the people for, you know, not wanting to attend the game. It's kind of feel bad saying that, but um, but I remember, you know, we played Iowa the one year, and I think it was the last game of the year, and they stomped us. I think it was fifty five to zero, and I was like, man, this is brutal. Like this isn't fun at all. I remember they had a running back Sean Green, I believe, and he tore some parts. I remember seeing one of our DNs just. Uh, you know, is ready to just tackle him and Sean just like quick step, sidestep spin, gone. I was like, man, this guy, he's good. He's yeah, he's a stud. So, um, yeah, some some uh, tough some tough games to play through. Um, I don't have any. You know, people sometimes ask, would you have wished you could have gone to a different school or anything? And I, absolutely not. I you know, I loved I loved everything about the U of M. Some people say, oh, it's such a big campus and such, but. Um, that wears out pretty quick. I mean, you kind of know you you figure out the campus pretty quickly, and uh, you know you can kind of pick where your classes are going to be for the most part. I mean, you might have to get to St. Paul a couple times. I know that's kind of a sometimes a burden for people, but um, but no, I I enjoyed every uh, all four years that I was down there. And uh, again, yeah, I wish we could have won a little more when we we're there, but other than that, um, great experience. So. <clears throat> Do you have a Do you have a moment in college that was kind of like the first like welcome to Big Ten football? Like for me at NDSU, I remember we were doing some special teams drills back when the wedge was still a thing. And oh yeah, got stuck going up against as like a 185 pound wide receiver going up against two fully grown 250 pound like linebacker fullback guys that just absolutely took me out and oh. I woke up five minutes later. It felt like do you have yeah. where it was like a oh my gosh, this is different. Absolutely. Funny you see that. And I was just talking about Wisconsin, but so freshman year, we're on a, uh, we were on like our punt team. So I'm, you know, I'm running down the field in the, uh, you know, receiver, kick returner, punt returner. I mean, he's running, you know, he's running to the side, like run up the sideline. And, you know, I'm just eyes locked in on him, not even looking and just, just got blindsided, cleaned out. That was, that was a, yeah. That was one of them. And again, I mentioned his name already, but Willie Vanistee, um, you know, really good friends with us or our families are really good fr- friends. And uh, he actually said those words like, well, welcome to the big 10. Cause I just got <laughs> cleaned up and he was laughing at me. And I was like, yeah, that I felt that one. <laughs> so, so yeah, try to keep your head on a little more of a swivel. Uh, yeah, uh, on a swivel. Otherwise it goes south real quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Funny you say that about the wedge too. This wasn't, I mean, I think this was my senior year, but I was running down uh, on a kickoff against Ohio state 
And I remember I was, you know, took kind of pride in just trying to run down there, you know, as fast as I could, blow up wedges or whatever. And I was there and the wedge like ran by me and I was like, for like a split second was confused. Well, they had a guy come behind and like trap locked me. Oh. <laughs> and that just, oh, I was just nope. completely depleted, just like <laughs> flying in the air. They, uh, they did their homework on, on film because it really worked. I went, I went just flying and I remember the coach too, we were reviewing it and I was already like, you know, getting ready, like, uh, you know, what are they going to say? What am I going to yell at for on this place? He's just like, Hey, I'd much rather see that, like go down there, not, you know, hesitating or anything, but he's like, you know, try to sniff that out a little bit if you can. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That one yeah, got me on that one. Like to sniff that out a little bit sooner as well. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, like I said, I, you know, as a freshman, you know, again, uh, as you go through and develop and get stronger and faster and stuff, I mean, Freshman year, it's like, man, I just hate to say it, it's, it's a lot tougher. You feel like you're kind of getting whooped up on, but as you get older and kind of, you know, perfect your craft, I mean, I certainly enjoyed all the special teams. And like I said, junior, senior year, even when I was playing on offense, and not to say that, you know, playing every play on offense, but um, with that, it's like, yeah, I, you know, took pride in that. And, uh, and I think, too, you know, granted, after college, you know, bounced around a little bit, but uh, I think that probably helped open some doors that way because of that, you know, you need to be versatile at the next mm-hmm. level. And I, you know, I think that's what the scouts look for too. So um, just try to do as much as they can or put as much uh, out there for film and, and such that way. But, um, you know, again, you a couple, a cop, a couple you have yeah, a long career yeah. if you do with special teams and especially yeah. in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's at that level too, there's, there's so much more into it. There's a lot of politics. I remember, um, we going to have, you know, kind of on and off for uh, two years with Green Bay. And there's one thing I remember Aaron Rodgers there. He was talking in front of the team and he's a, you know, some of you rookies in here and everything else is you got to understand there's a game within the game. I mean, there's some people there, there are politics, there are stuff like that. It's just kind of the, um, you want to say the dirty side of the business. That's not really a good way to describe it, but you just, it's part of it. I mean, there's, yeah. There's some po- politics with it, and and it's different too. I mean, there's money involved. It's it's no longer just for an education or for fun. It's you know there's some big money contracts and yeah. and stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> again, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun uh, with my I guess to say my shorter times there. You know, bounce around Green Bay and then a little bit out in Oakland just for a training camp. But uh, but yeah, it's um it's definitely a business, and it, and and just the short little bit that I got to see it, you really appreciate in respect like well I mean a guy like Tom Brady just realize how long he's been playing and how you know physical the game is and everything else and mm-hmm. and even you know some of these other guys you know they're playing you know 10 years or whatever it's like man that's a lot of wear and tear on the on the body and playing at that level and and uh yeah so how is your body doing with everything I, I you know truthfully I feel pretty good I've uh, you know, I guess in life, I've never had any broken bones, nothing like. Knock on wood. Did kind of, yeah, I was going to say, knock on wood. <laughs> what, what did kind of, you know, it was kind of a bummer. And this is probably, I don't want to say the lowest point in football, but like, you know, trying to keep it in perspective. Uh, in the senior year, after our first game, my dad passed away kind of unexpectedly. Uh, you know, he's 53 years old, went in with a headache. 12 days later, he passed away from a open brain bleed or brain aneurysm stroke. It was kind of a, kind of a snowball effect after he was in there, but, um, so, you know, try to keep it in perspective. It's a game. There's some bigger things in life that's, you know, truly deal with, but, uh, 
you know, my second year in Green Bay. So the first year happened to be uh, when the lockout was. So I was, you know, I graduated college, not really sure if I even have an opportunity, you know, the lockout's going on. So trying to work out, stay in shape, everything else. <clears throat> well, then the lockout gets lifted. And I remember, actually, this is kind of a funny story about Green Bay, too, because I believe it was Elliot Wolf, And uh, his dad used to be the GM, and he was a scout at the time. And he called and, and kind of aging myself. But I don't think phones, like, you know, they showed you maybe, like, the, I don't know, or, you know, kind of the area, general area, where the number is coming from. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, like, Green Bay or something. And I had, like, I'm, you know, didn't want to, like, jump to conclusions. And I, like, answered, and they are just like, hi, is this John? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you're not too big of a Vikings fan, are you? That was like the first thing. And I was like, no, who is this? Like, oh, you know, it's like, well, the Green Bay Packers wanted to come up for training camp. And I was like, oh man, I was, you know, kind of in shock because I didn't even know if I had a shot anywhere. And then um, that was about eight o'clock in the morning. And I think I was out in Green Bay by two o'clock that afternoon. I threw stuff in right away and got out there and get handed about a four or five inch playbook. And all right, start studying. And it's like, oh man, this is... <laughs> It was a lot. So that first training camp, I mean, you're kind of trying to learn what you're going to do that day because, you know, to comprehend and know every everything from the playbook was <clears throat> pretty pretty tough that first year. So the second year, I was able to uh, go through spring training and the OTAs and, and such. And uh, actually, John Kuhn was the starter. He was uh, ahead of me, and um, he had been hurt. He had uh, spring, I think it was, I don't know if it was the MCL or something in his knee, but in the spring he wasn't practicing. So I was, had the opportunity, you know, to run with the starters and like, that makes it so much easier. You're kind of second guessing your jobs because you know that they, you know, generally know what they're doing. So it's like, man, that made it a lot more fun, um, picking up on the offense. And then, uh, training camp, my second year, uh, we actually had like a first week of practices were all in the morning. I think practice started like seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning, which was kind of nice. It wasn't quite as hot and, and whatever, but then <clears throat> we switched to a night practice and I can't remember if we had like a snack or dinner or something before, like, you know, practice at like seven thirty at night. So I tried to eat something light, but um, whatever I ate didn't really like sit well. Cause I did a couple we were doing our special team stuff first and I ran down, did a couple of kickoffs and I was like walking back and just like sweating even more. And, and actually John Kuhn was like, you know, kind of giving me some grief and like, Oh yeah, come on rookie like this and that. I'm like, Oh man, I just do not feel good. And, uh, you know, we were done with that and I, uh, we go to the next drill or whatever. I think it was, you know, individual drills. And I just told my coach, I'm just like, Hey, I want to like try to go puke. Cause I like, I don't know. I don't feel good. So did that and I'm like, man, got that out of the system. All right, now I feel feel good or whatever. And he's like, they're running some plays. And he's like, hey, these are you know your reps. Do you want these or do you feel you know how do you feel? And I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. I you know I want to get my reps. I mean, this is pretty competitive and everything. And it was like the first play was like outside run play. And I remember blocking and like engaging with like the corner or something. And also a couple steps and just felt my hamstring just pop. And I'm just like, man, I was just so bummed because I was like, I was understanding the offense and and uh was just like you know excited about that and then it was like I went to the sideline I'm like I know exactly what's gonna happen to you I'm gonna rehab you know do the rehab and the treatment and uh, I'll get cleared for practice and I'll get released and sure enough about three weeks later get get you know uh cleared from practice you know practice and everything and about I don't know if it's even an hour later like yeah coach or uh hey John uh that coach wants to see you bring at that time then they switched to iPad so he's like yeah bring your iPad I'm like ah. Oh. All right, I know what's going on that's, here. That's what you know. So, yeah, so I was, I was pretty bummed because, yeah, because I just I knew what was going to happen, and I was like, 
uh, like I said, I was, I was feeling good because I was like, all right, I'm starting to understand the offense a little bit more. Uh, you know, just you, a little more experience through that first year uh, and spent some time in practice squad. So it's like kind of, I don't say learning the ropes, but you kind of, you just feel a little more confident in your craft. And and then for that to happen, it was like, oh man, I'm so, I'm so bummed out. And then, and then, so I finished out, uh, so I got released from Green Bay. I uh, went back uh, to the farm that I grew up on, my, which my brother now runs, but helped do the harvest. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the first year or the second year, but I had a couple workouts with uh, Tampa Bay. I had one with, and then I had another one with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and a couple individual workouts like that, but didn't sign with them. And then um, one of the guys, Reggie McKenzie, he was the, uh, I think he was the director of player personnel in Green Bay, and then he was the GM in Oakland. And he had called it about coming out at the end of the season for a workout. And uh, after that, then I went out there, uh, signed with um, signed with Oakland, and you know went through the spring training and such. I went through training camp, but um, truthfully, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit earlier. There, their offense is a little different, and uh, Marcel Reese, the uh, heck of a player. Uh, he actually came into the NFL as a wide receiver. So then he switched to fullback. So they would have us splitting out, running deep routes and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I can run these, but not like Marcel or some of these other guys. I'm like, these this, these guys are a little faster than I am. And and uh, I was more, you know, run blocking, that kind of stuff. So so I kind of saw the writing on the wall. And then again, I uh, ended up straining like a calf out there. And I kind of had these soft tissue injuries like after college. And that was kind of frustrating too because you know you just another setback and such so um ended up getting released from oakland uh came home and i had stayed in shape that year i thought if i get a call or something i'll certainly take advantage of it but uh, at that point i was just kind of i was just ready for some stability so uh you know at the end of the season uh i think actually yeah, i don't know if i think it was the cardinals they had called and they just like, yeah you know you're on a short list if something happens and and I mean, with that being said, it's, it's I was kind of over it too. Or, I mean, I just had that point where it's like you can keep bouncing around. I haven't really uh, locked in with a team, and and uh, like I said, I was getting those soft tissue injuries. I don't know, you know what what was always the case. So it's just yeah, I transitioned out of that, and um, as you mentioned earlier, got into banking and uh, started as a credit analyst. So did that for a couple of years, and now actually work as a loan officer, or lending officer. So a little more of the sales side of the banking, uh, uh, you know, the banking uh, career, I guess, but um, the banking industry. But, um, but yeah, I've been doing that for roughly three years now and and uh, enjoying that. Uh, you know, some of this COVID stuff has kind of slowed yeah. it down a little bit, but but uh, otherwise, yeah, otherwise it's been good. So, Dude, you got to live out so, the NFL dream, though. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah. Like you're 1% uh, of the population, if that. Sure. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, man, it's tough too. Cause you're, you're doing the same practices as these guys with the big contracts and everything. You're like, Oh, why can't that be me? Like so <laughs> sometimes it's like, Oh man, you gotta keep it in check. Don't what do they say? Check yourself. You wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, as I said, it, I, I wouldn't change it. I, you know, for anybody that's, you know, in that position, it's like go for it. Cause you never know. And, and injuries happen, and there's so many, you know, a lot of the politics, I mean, good or bad, I mean, can certainly, I mean, on the positive side, it could work for you, too, and, and uh, you know, you might have an opportunity that you didn't think you are going to get, so. 
Well, but. you know, I, I kind of want to rewind a little bit because, dude, your life has been a roller coaster ride. Some extreme highs and some extreme lows. I don't know if you feel yeah. comfortable elaborating on some of these topics, but if you do, I know a lot of our listeners would love to hear. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I'm an open book. So if there's, I mean, ask whatever you guys want to hear about. I'll talk about it. <laughs> any of that stuff. So. Well, let's talk about your dad then right off the bat. Terry, sure. right? Sure, yep, yep. So, I mean, you can walk us through it. I mean, you ended up having the game of your life. You, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it was Middle Tennessee State. It was the first game. Uh, so my dad, yeah, it, uh, he... I remember the day too, we had uh, like in college, we had, I think it was like three weeks, give or take four weeks uh, of kind of training camp. And then we had like two days off and then we called it like game week. Now you're getting ready for your first opponent, et cetera. And I think in those two days, I was just going to a chiropractor in Eden Prairie that I've gone to through high school. And, and uh, I remember my mom calling and she just said, Hey, just call and let you know, uh, your dad wasn't feeling that good. We're going to go. Uh, to the clinic, you know, had a bad headache, and I'm like, oh, that, you know, that kind of sucks, but doesn't seem too, you know, too, yeah, too, too extreme or anything. And then, and then, uh, what was it? Then she called again, and I was just about to walk into this appointment, and then <clears throat> she had said that uh, she's like, there, we were at the clinic. They're actually rushing him to the uh, to the ER. They think he's having a stroke or had a stroke. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's obviously a little more serious and then um and then when i got out of my appointment i actually had a voicemail on my phone and my mom i could hear the sirens in the in the voicemail and she was she's like hey just letting you know i'm in the you know ambulance we're getting rushed down to hcmc uh, if you want to meet us down there whatever and i was actually ahead of them because i had called her back and just like the timing so i was driving down <clears throat> from eden prairie and i remember taking the downtown exits off 35w and i remember looking in the rear view mirror and seeing the ambulance I'm like god this is kind of weird like i'm like my dad's in there like that's i don't know it just seems weird like he's you know he's fine i and actually just i'm kind of getting ahead of myself too but we had a um we had a like a kickoff luncheon thing uh down at the U of M, and i remember my dad was down there and seeing him and you know gave him a hug and everything else and you know, hey love you thanks for coming down I'm pretty tired you know i'm gonna take a nap whatever he's you know, that was just the day before. So it was like, oh, this is really weird kind of. And, uh, but yeah, so then back to the story. So then, you know, ambulance comes in, they drop them off and, uh, yeah, parked, went up there. And, um, at, again, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but they, they weren't sure if it was like a stroke or open brain bleed, or it just was kind of a snowball effect. And, and, it, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the technical terms, but, uh, they could only do, I believe they could only do a CAT scan because they couldn't lay them down flat because the pressure in his head, something with that, that that would have, they said if we do a, um, or they could only do a CAT scan, they couldn't do an MRI. Maybe I said that wrong, but for whatever reason, they said if they laid him down, like that would essentially kill him right there too. So then they're, you know, had him on diuretics and trying to do stuff like that. And yeah, just first couple of days, it was kind of positive, you know, it seemed to be going the right way. And then just kind of snowballed out from there. And then, yeah, after 12 days, then, um, he had passed away. But, uh, but in that time, as you had kind of touched on before, we had our first game against Middle Tennessee State. So, uh, you know, talking, I talked with my I two siblings, an older brother and sister, and my mom, we had talked about it. And I, I said, well, I, I want to play. I think, you know, just kind of know my dad. I think he would want me to play too. Uh, but I had said too, you know, if, uh, you know, I, if something's going to happen, I would feel terrible if I'm gone and, you know, he passes. I feel pretty bad about that, obviously. So, um, you know, talked with my siblings, my mom about that. And they said, well, you know what, go play. Like, 
you know, if you feel that you can, whatever. And so, yeah, we went down there. Um, remember, it was one of the hottest games. It was about, I think it was like 95 degrees at uh, field level at kickoff. And it was, yeah, it was just, yeah, really hot, hot game. But um, went down there. We were able to win, which was always, you know, that's always a good feeling. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, um, uh, Brewster and team and everything, they uh, actually gave me the game ball. And, and well, you're leaving a lot, a lot out, man. Was... You're leaving a lot out. You're, you're forgetting three <laughs> touchdowns, the fumble uh, recovery to get to steal the game. You actually had a 22 <laughs> yard catch to line up for the game time field goal, too. Like, you had a crazy game. Yeah. No, not that I don't like talking about it. I just, but it was team effort. But Dwan Bennett, he had close to 200 yards rushing that, that game, too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of support from my teammates. And I look back at that, too. I mean, we had a heck of a game. Um, yeah, and ended up having a pretty good game. And uh, it's funny, too, because, yeah, that kickoff, that that was funny because we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, wedge blocks and such. And I remember they were, like, double teaming me. And, and we talked about it on the sideline. And they're like, okay, well, you – because I was kind of like just the guy, you know, run down there and try to make a play kind of thing, really no lane responsibility, anything. And they're like, okay, well, you be the safety. Like, you just trail back. So I'm like, okay, perfect. So the kid that like kind of took my position or, you know, how we had it schemed up, I think he was the one that actually got the, or, you know, stripped the guy of the, or stripped the ball. And then I was kind of trolling back there and was able to just, yeah, be in the right spot and just, and I knew right away, like I was on the bottom of the pile and I was just, you know, anyone that plays football knows, you know, that's kind of a battle down there, but I had, yeah, had it, I was all over it and it's like, no, there's no chance of getting this, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, we were able to, win and that was fun and then yeah we went back and uh that was a thursday game and i believe it was monday my dad passed away so um that next week i um was with my family i didn't practice at all but then uh we had my dad's funeral on friday and then uh actually the next day i played when we put uh, i'm trying to think i think we played i can't remember if it was uh south dakota state or Northern Illinois, one of, one of those two. But, um, yeah, I played the next day. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I would thought, gosh, this couldn't happen at the worst time, you know, senior year or, you know, just getting done or getting ready for football. Um, you know, grew up on a farm, like harvest is, you know, right here. Like, man, what a bad time. But, uh, you know, in hindsight, I mean, having the support of coaches and, and teammates and, you know, there's a lot of fans that reached out too that is uh, really comforting. I mean, there's another uh, – gentleman matt anderley he uh played for the gophers um he's a little bit older than myself but uh, his dad had passed away uh around the time he was in college and he reached out and it was just kind of comforting that way to to get support from from guys like that or or you know other people that have been in that position so um yeah so yes yeah, so then yeah as you know he passed away and uh finished the year out um you know it's it kind of up and down year uh you know, had had an injury. I missed, uh, I think, an Ohio State game uh, senior year. Uh, you know, Tim Brewster and that, or Tim Brewster got fired. Uh, the staff, you know, trying to make it fun while we could at the end of the year. And, and um, you know, we beat Illinois. That was their second to last game. And then, for whatever reason, we had, you know, how the schedule was, we had a bye week. And I remember um, uh, Jeff Horton was the uh, offense coordinator. He was now the uh, – head coach and uh he made it a lot of fun i mean we had short practices you know we knew we weren't bowl eligible anymore but just had a lot of fun and in that last game against iowa uh you know we were two and nine i think i mean no one picked us i think i was like 
I think they're ranked like, you know, 23rd, 24th, 25th, something like that. Like, um, certainly a lot, in a lot better position than we were. And uh, we were able to beat them. And that was just kind of a capper to what I call kind of a, not so much the football stuff, but just kind of a crappy season and, you know, injuries. Uh, dad passed away. This, you know, it was just kind of some of that stuff. I'm like, oh, man. Like, so yeah, that win felt pretty good. Just, uh, kind of flush everything else that happened that year. Well, that'd so. be cool to give him that game ball, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, went back, you know, that ended up being in the caskets, and I uh, was able to leave that with them. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I you know, as uh, growing up, I don't think my dad, you know, missed any games or anything. And, uh, unfortunately, my grandpa or his dad passed away uh, when he – so when my grandpa was 55, so he passed away before I was even born. But uh, my dad was a, a family of five brothers. And my dad and his older brother, well, I guess all of them kind of had to help. But, um, like, my dad and his older brother weren't able to play any sports because they were running the farm, like, while they're in high school and doing stuff. So, um, you know, so it was just kind of, I think my dad got a kick out of it, too, because he wasn't, not that he didn't want to play. He just, you know, he couldn't. He had to yeah. run, run some stuff. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, it was, it was quite a life-changing thing for obvious reasons, but it makes you grow up quick, and um, and yeah, certainly miss them. But um, but yeah, if you guys, I mean, like I said, if you guys have any questions, I am wide open on it. So if there's other stuff you guys want to inquire about, please. Yeah, so you were in Minnesota what, 2007 to 2010-ish? Yep, correct, because I, I did not get redshirted. So so, so you yeah. had you had at least one run-in that I'm, I'm aware of with the older brothers that Minnesota has to the uh, northwest at uh, Fargo at North Coast State University. Uh, do you have any memories of Tyler Roll running through your guys' uh, defense? Yes, I remember that because I was a freshman. I wasn't, I wasn't even playing special teams or anything yet. But I remember, I think he went for like two sixty or yep. something. I remember yep. that, and I was like, "Man, this guy, we like, we can't even slow this guy down." And I, you know, I don't follow it super close, but I think he's he's a coach up there. Correct? Yeah, he's, he's the, the offense coordinator, backs coach, I believe, running back coach or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was up yeah. there helping out. And up, he's probably climbed up the ladder by now. But yeah, he. Sure. Watching him as a freshman, like he would come back as he was still trying to work out in the NFL and stuff yeah. like that. And just watching him work out was, I was like, that, yeah, that guy is a man amongst child. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That is like, that is something. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. Like, some of the guys that you see those guys in a, in the weight room and just the weight they're throwing around, it's like, Man, it's kind of unbelievable. Getting getting ready for that week, and like, because obviously Minnesota Big Ten school, and be, like at that point, NDSU wasn't necessarily the powerhouse that they are today. Is it sure. different? Like, is it a different vibe when you guys are getting ready for that team? Is it something where you kind of maybe underestimate them, or was it kind of business as usual? Um, it's kind of business as usual, but at the same time, too, you know that like this is a big game for NDSU, or you know any other. And, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but any other smaller school, if it's non-conference or something, you know, that's a big, big deal yeah. for them. They, they're, yeah, I they're mean, getting up to beat you guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the thing. So you get, you know I mean, you gotta be ready for that. And um, yeah, you know that, I mean, those teams are going to bring in and they do. I mean, NDC has got a great program, but uh, you know, they've like, well, I think you you mentioned earlier, you've been a part of the national championships and yeah, yeah, and, no, that was, I left right before the national championships, but that was, yeah, still on campus and stuff, but yeah, they, yeah. Uh, every year was like, we're just, people would book their tickets, like fans would book the tickets to go to Frisco and like hotel rooms, like 
the day the, after they would win their championship. They will be back here. Yeah. Next year. yeah. <laughs> Just ready to go. I mean, right. yeah, that's, yeah, that's gotta be something special up there. I mean, for the, for everyone, I mean, fans, everything. I mean, that's one, you know, North Dakota doesn't have any professional sports or anything. I mean, look at the following they have. And that is one thing I do remember too, even in the, you know, the Metrodome or everything it was, uh, you know, and props to NDSU. I mean, at that time, uh, you know, they say home to Gophers, whatever, and you hear the roar, and then you hear the, you know, and, you know, the opponent NDSU Bison, so it's like, it's almost louder than what the, oh, you know. Yeah. They, they traveled very well. I remember they, yeah. we had a fan appreciation day, and it was, like, in the middle of August, like, during uh, training camp, fall camp, and, uh, like, the line was, like, out the door of the Fargo Dome, like, wrapped around. Yeah. Like, people, some old guys, like, we're getting all signing stuff. And he's like, I come here every year. Like, I wait outside to make sure I don't miss anything. I'm like, this is, oh. you guys are dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, <clears throat> so. Well, the uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, too, is, dude, you were part of the the – well, I don't want to say a part, you were not a shooter or anything like that, but you're at the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. At that yeah. Dean concert. Yeah. yeah. It. Man, like I said, your life, you, Hollywood couldn't write a better script. <laughs> How yeah, the hell did you do that? That was, yeah, pretty wild. And I mean, I went down there, went down with one of my really good buddies. We went to, as you mentioned, the Route 91 uh, Harvest Festival, uh, you know, it's three-day country concerts uh, or three-day festival of country concerts, and it's some of the you know bigger names. I think uh, I'm trying to the words you mentioned. Jason Aldean was when the shooting actually happened, but I think you know Eric Church, Sam Hunt, um, I don't know if Chris Stapleton played, or I mean they had some you know some pretty big names down there, and um, you know I've been to Vegas a few times, and Vegas is is always a good time, and where it was set up, it was really you know, just a nice layout. Uh, and truthfully, before the, the actual shooting, obviously there's nothing fun or funny about that. But, um, you know, for the first two days, we actually, like, pushed our flights back because we're like, gosh, this is so fun. Like, I've never had more fun. It's, like, perfect weather. It's just such a good time. There's good good crowd out there, good vibes and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I remember Jason Aldean was playing. And, and we were – so when we were looking at the stage, we were uh, way on the left side. There were some – there's some structures that they almost look like shipping containers kind of stacked on each other. And that was, uh, there's a little, like, I don't know if you want to call it like a patio deal. It was about three feet off the ground enough where you could kind of overlook the crowd. And we were kind of standing on that side. And, um, <clears throat> I remember watching Jason Aldean, uh, playing and all of a sudden, you know, at first I, in, I, again, it's kind of in hindsight, but I didn't hear any single shots because the guy, the shooter was actually shooting kind of single shots into the crowd and then it wasn't until a little bit later that it was, you know, with his uh, uh, bump stock or where it sounded almost like more of a, like you know, it's not a machine gun, but kind of that sound, yeah. you know, toot, 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 like that. So the single shots, I didn't hear at all. And I was sitting out there, I'm, you know, drinks were going down plenty smooth that night and we we're <laughs> having fun. And uh, all of a sudden I hear, you know, all of a sudden pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, kind of looking around. I'm like, all right, it's, you know, we're in Vegas. There's always stuff going on. Like, Kind of what's going on here, and then like, remember Jason Aldean kind of like, he's you know singing in the microphone. He kind of like turned away a little bit, and then he came back to sing a little bit, and then he like sprinted off the stage. And at that time, I like looked at my buddy. I'm like, hey, this isn't this this isn't like part of the act or anything. Like, like something serious is going on. All of a sudden, then they cut the music, and then like on top of the stage, you know, they have the big band of 
just lights just so you can see and they had those turned on and i remember like looking out to the middle of the crowd and seeing people getting down in the middle so i thought actually i thought the shooter was like out in the middle of the crowd just shooting no kidding just opening up and yeah. i'm like hey we gotta get you know we gotta get the f out of here yeah. <laughs> and like so so we went into one of those little structures and then we all got down on the ground and i remember just hearing you know tink 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 like i don't know if those bullets um going off the off that like metal building or what and uh we were able to get on the back side of that building and then we were actually running down the road in between like the airport where the runways are and where the festival was and we ran like probably three blocks and at that time we kind of thought the shooting might be done because we didn't hear anything for a little bit and then all of a sudden it started going again and i was like oh man we started sprinting we got back um i mean people were kind of scattered all over and at the time too then we had heard that there was what they thought was a second shooter at Tropicana which was kind of the direction we were running so then we saw a crowd running at us so we're you know we didn't really know where to go what we should be doing we ended up running into this uh I forget the name of it but I think it was like a motel kind of deal and there's someone that was just like hey get in here get it you know get in the room whatever and they excuse me they had it um uh, you know, all the lights up, they had the TV on, but there's, it was just like packed. We were sitting back in like the bathroom, hanging out. And I remember a guy came in there, he had gotten shot in the arm and they grabbed a towel and like wrapped him up and, and they called 911 and he said, Hey, like, I'll be fine. We'll get, like, we'll get an address kind of deal. But where, you know, which hospital can I go to? Or, you know, to, he's like, I know there's other people out there that are, you know, in more serious injuries, um, you know, take care of them. But, uh, yes, we sat in that uh, room, and that's truthfully kind of where it finally like caught up and like hit me, like what was going on. Because then I had sent a text to my brother, sister, my mom. I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Sent them, sent them a pin, like, hey, this is where I'm at. I'll let you guys know, like, any updates and and uh, and then too, you know, the power of social media, good or bad, in, in times like that. I mean, there's talks that there's multiple shooters and that there's bombs all over the city, so. We didn't know, you know, should we be in this building? Should we not? Should we be on the streets? Should we, like, yeah, yeah it was definitely a, a scary time. And, um, you know, we're fortunately not, uh, we didn't see anything gruesome where we were. And, you know, obviously, a hard score to those families that lost loved ones or the ones that got hurt that day. But, um, you know, and we're fortunate not to have seen any of that stuff as we were, you know, running and, and uh yeah it was just it was wild because then the next year because we were actually staying at the luxor hotel which is right next door and we could see where the festival was and they had all the you know like garbage bags the evidence and everything else that they were cleaning up at the time and had them all in bags and it was yeah, yeah it was but it was just weird too because the strip everything was shut down and you, could, you know we could really only like walk anywhere and uh because we were in that hotel or that motel room till about four o'clock and then it was kind of a friend of a friend uh, lived like 20 minutes off the strip and he came and picked us up and we went there until like seven o'clock in the morning. And then we were able to get actually a cab back, but we couldn't get within like four or five blocks. Uh, so we just had to walk back and yeah, it was, it, like I said, it was weird because it was just so eerie too of what was all going on and, and everything else. But he'd been sitting there since Thursday that week. Like he just yeah. sitting there plotting and planning and, yeah well that was another thing i forgot to mention too so i mentioned the stage so we were sitting where we looked at the stage you could have told us like all right 
here's where the shooter is, but the, where the canopy of the stage was, that was blocking that part of Mandalay Bay. So I think that was another part that was tough because people had no idea where it was coming from because the yeah. roof of the stage was kind of blocking Mandalay Bay. So, you know, people were running, they didn't know where, which way. And so you're just hearing these pops and, um, yeah, it was scary because that guy, I think there was, he tried shooting at, um, the fuel tanks over at the airport. I think two or three bullets hit that. And yeah, but like you said, he was, you know, up there since, yeah, like Thursday or something. And, and, um, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of interesting that they never really found anything on the guy, really no direct motive or anything like that. Just so, a dick. Just a dick. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But they had said, too, I mean, uh, there's no machine that's good by any means, but they had said that they, that this guy was talking about, like, Chicago. I think it was, there's some festival there where there's, like, 100,000 people, and, and, you know, the one thing about Vegas, a lot of, entries to casinos and stuff and that's I don't know, good or bad but i'm saying you know people were able to try to get cover and stuff like that i mean some like a place like chicago where not to say that there aren't spots to run and and you know storefronts to get into or take cover but I'm like yeah. man you'd have five times the people and something like that i'm like that would be would be bad that's it so i don't know it's just it's something you don't ever think about when you go to a concert i mean that's not you know you don't think you're going to be mm-hmm. in someone's you know, scope or something like that as you're attending a festival. So that's kind of a eerie feeling. And, and, um, and you're a pretty yeah, big concert just, goer too. And, and yeah. you've been quoted saying like, that's not going to stop you from going back out. How, what do you yeah. say to people like me or hermits and scared of stuff like that and <laughs> just won't go and leave their house anymore? No, that is true. I, with that being said, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it kind of goes back to, as I mentioned too, when my dad passed away, it's like, I don't know. I just, don't want to be scared to live life. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, some people were like, I can't believe, you know, you'd go to another concert after that. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, that's just kind of my it thoughts. Is. I guess it's like, I've gone to concerts since. And then, you know, you do, it does like sit in the back of your mind, kind of, you know, you kind of look at it around and it's like, man, like something happened here. Where would you go? Or you kind of, you know, have that in your mind when you're, going to different concerts and stuff now so oh yeah it definitely changes like your perspective being involved in something like that like even like here in minneapolis with like the rides and stuff that have happened and like now it's like if i go out somewhere it's like okay i know we got exits over here if this person looks suspicious if this looks suspicious like yeah you like even because i grew up in central wisconsin like next to a gun range hearing you know gunshots all the time and it was like oh it's probably somebody just hunting it's not a threat or fireworks it's probably somebody's birthday and like now living here it almost like retrains your brain of oh no this isn't right hearing gunshots now fireworks so yep yep exactly so no i i don't know that's again it's i don't know i'm sure people probably disagree with that perspective of this kind of living in your life but I, I mean i do think you know not that i'm sitting in the the meeting rooms but i'm sure you know security and stuff like that i mean that's got to be certainly on their on their items to you know watch for now and and uh I, you know i've been to vegas um since that time and and what was really kind of weird or kind of eerie was we ended up staying at mandalay bay and uh so the shooter was on the 32nd floor and we stayed at Mandalay Bay and we ended up staying on the 31st floor and we were about six rooms down from the end mm-hmm. that time and that was weary because I was like because when you're up in the hotel looking down it seems a lot closer than when you're down on the ground looking up I'm like man I could tell you I could you know point out exactly where I ran 
everything else, like that part was a little yeah. freaky. But and then the thing is too, I just remember because you know, in hindsight, uh, you know, the whole story about how you know when the shooter was going and how he had a camera down the hallway and how he was shooting through the door down the hallway and stuff. I'm like, man, that's just weird. Like, I know this is one floor off, but just like they talked right. about the SWAT team running down like the 31st floor, going up the fire escape. And then that's where the shooter had put like a little bracket on the door or screwed it shut so that they couldn't open that. And I was like, oh, that part was like, made it really, really kind of weird. Or, you know, just like, oh man, I can't, can't even imagine. But and then some of those stuff too, you know, look, you can look up the report and all that stuff and how, you know, this guy had, I don't know how many weapons, but he had, yeah. you know, like a Got him all mask kind of, yeah, he had like this, you know, I don't know what, you know, if, from all the rounds or what it be, he had like a, a mask or like a snorkel so he could breathe. If I don't know if he thought they were going to maybe shoot tear gas or something. I, I have no idea, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's just weird looking at that stuff and, and, you know, just how he had that, like, kind of planned out. You know, you left a note of, like, some numbers on trying to figure out, like, the trajectory of his shots and stuff like that. Like, this, yeah, it's, it's weird. He actually, like, uh, my my financial planner, he was there with his girlfriend. I think they might be married now. I think that actually really brought them closer together. But they were there with his best friend. His best friend was shot and killed. Oh, wife, wife and <clears throat> girls all left behind. They were all running, yeah, taking just, cover, and he was just one of the people that got picked off. Super, wow. super that sad is, deal, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, too. When we were standing, they said a lady that was probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet behind us, they said she got shot in the leg when he was doing those single shots because we didn't even really know. I mean, it was kind of crowded. and It was probably hard we, to hear. Yeah, exactly, especially, like, those single shots. You know, music's loud. You're in Vegas. kind of, you know, there's always stuff going on. And uh, like I said, it wasn't until you heard, you know, like the pop, 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 like where you could hear it in, in I don't want to say in sync, but, you know, uh, in that kind of time, I mean, then it kind of, you know, perks you up, like, what, you know, what the heck is that? So, and then I don't, I didn't see this guy. I was just kind of talking with some of the people that we were around. Uh, supposedly a guy like 10, 15 feet in front of us got shot in the stomach and didn't make it. I think he went to the hospital and didn't make it. So it is like scary to think about that, how close you know, how close the bulls could have been and everything else, or I shouldn't say could have been, how close they were. I mean, but to know, I mean, five, ten feet away or, you know, that's, you know, could have been struck. I mean, that's yeah, scary the, stuff. Like the difference between, like, life and death for people could have been something as simple as just wanting to get ten feet closer to the stage or yeah, in a different direction. Exactly. And that's the, that's the thing, too. We were sitting kind of on this platform deal. We you know, we'd kind of been sitting all different spots like the first two nights and we're like, I'm like, gosh, that would have been nothing for me to like, oh, hey, let's try to get up closer to the stage today or, you know, whatever tonight. Like, let's see if we can, you know, get a better spot. So it's, yeah, it is weird how how that plays out. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a crazy deal. I know there's a lot of, you know, read a bunch on it and it was kind of scary too. I mean, it's kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, it was, you heard about it for about two, three months and you don't hear about it anymore. It's, so yeah. kind of makes you wonder, like, and, you know, I guess I haven't tried looking up stuff in a while, but it's just, you know, I'm sure Vegas doesn't want to be known for that either. And, um, right. Just, you but, don't want to <clears throat> get caught in that where if you glorify it too much, does it inspire somebody else that wants to be infamous for having a mass shooting? And then it's like, well, if you don't talk about it enough, does anything really change or anything like that? So it's a slippery slope to try to navigate. 
Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I mean, that's a good point too. You, you glamorize it and, and the next person wants to do it bigger, which is sad. I mean, yeah. you know, the people out there, but the the one thing that I that I wanted to bring up because I want to know your your personal opinion. I know you don't know this about me. My father passed away, and uh, I've had a lot of near death situations, just car accidents, kinds of deals. And sure. I I shouldn't have walked away, kind of deal. And and sure. I just know like my grandfather, my dad. Clearly, I have guardian angels that are protecting me because I shouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like for you? Do you feel like you have that same kind of spiritual thing? Like going through that situation alone, where you're like, holy shit, thank God my dad's watching over me. Yeah, no, definitely. And not to, it's funny you say it, but I want to bring it back to like football too. So we grew up on a farm. We have all, a lot of John Deere equipment. And it was just kind of interesting because it was like, went to Green Bay and there's, you know, green, yellow, or, you know, same, yeah. similar colors like John Deere. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like weird. Is that like, is that an omen or what, you know, what is this kind of deal? But yeah, so it's kind of interesting when you see that, but yeah. And then, you know, like the shooting, that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, Eric Church has, uh, he released a song. I think it was, I think it's called like, why not me or something. It, it wasn't real. Like, I don't want to say it was like real mainstream, but he released a, a song and it just like kind of talks about that where he's, um, you know, he's just like, I mean, that, that, that question, I mean, why not me? Why, you know, why did someone else get shot and killed or, you know, and just, it does make you think because there's really no reason that I couldn't have been, you know, shot and killed that day either. I mean, and it's just unfortunate. I mean, that, you know, people going out, having a good time, enjoying music. I mean, who, who in this world doesn't like, you know, music and, right. and, and whatever genre that you like and, and uh, have a good time, have some drinks and, and then to have a shooter like that, just open fire on innocent people. It's such a sickening thing, but so. It's, it's it's incomprehensible. If somebody's that unhappy, they want to hurt other people, and you know. And I hate to say it like this, but you want to say, you know, take your own life if you're that unhappy. Don't take other people's too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. It's the sad way to say it, but it, absolutely. I mean, certainly don't want to see anyone even take yeah. their own life, but to you know, take everyone else's life too. That you know, that's especially, especially when there's no like not that it, if you had a valid reason that makes it any better but when it's just like the nonsensical action where it's like these people are yeah. all just like you said at a concert having yeah. fun not bothering anybody <clears throat> and then you yeah. take aggression on them it's 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 sad yeah exactly i completely agree with you but. and you know hazy before we wrap this up there is one more thing i want to i want to ask you that i've been dying to ask all right all right so how crazy was it to earn that scholarship, D1 scholarship, from going from walking on, busting your ass, and then finally getting that? Was that just like, holy shit? Yeah, that was a, it was a really good feeling. I, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't even, I, you know, Glenn Mason staff, they didn't offer me a scholarship or anything. I don't think we were really to that point. But, and truthfully, I was kind of naive to it. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you play your senior football, and that's when you get a scholarship. And I, you know, really wasn't sure how the process went. Because truthfully, that's how Willie Vanderstee, kind of got his he um you know he wasn't offered until after his senior year of high school so i'm like oh that must just be how it is like kind of deal but so with that being said i didn't really know what you know the whole recruiting uh path how that all works but uh yeah i i you know walked on and then um what i had later found out too though is if i would have gotten a scholarship any earlier that would have counted towards like the incoming class of scholarships so um and i don't know i don't know if that rule is still there or not but uh but yeah, I remember uh, after my sophomore year, uh, 
we every player had a sit down or you know individual meeting with uh, the head coach Tim Brewster at the time, and um, you know just talking about your kind of your goals for the year and and such. And then uh, he had broken to me. He's just like, you know, as soon as we can, we're putting you on scholarship. You know, you've earned it. And like I was, yeah, super happy about that. And couldn't wait to tell my you know parents about that too. And and uh, but yeah, that was that was a really good feeling. I mean, truthfully too, I mean scholarship, whatever. You're still a team. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like anyone treats you know walk-ons any different or anything like that. But it is. It's uh, it's kind of a feather in your hat to uh, um, know that you earn that, and um, you know you don't really realize it at the time too. But to uh, get that education, uh, where you, you know you don't pay the back or pay the money back, and and uh, earn that scholarship. I mean, it's it, it, after you get out of school. I think you realize how nice that is. But right. So. Did they do any like uh, team meeting, coach orders a pizza, and in the pizza boxes your scholarship type of thing, or was it just they come to the office? We're going to tell you you have a scholarship and go on through. It has kind of was. It really wasn't like too big of a surprise. It was just like, hey, I'm going to put you on scholarship, or we're going to get you on scholarship as soon as we can. And I was still happy though. I mean, I I do think it's cool that the coaches do. um, You know, all over the country, see you know coaches do something special, or you know, or you know whatever it is, you know, to kind of surprise you. And, and that's, you know, this is different than a scholarship, but uh, that was one thing I enjoyed when we were out in Green Bay uh, that happened with uh, Coach Mike McCarthy a lot of times, or the two, two I guess, springs I was out there. I remember one time in particular, uh, we had a three-day mini camp, mandatory, whatever. And the first day we had, like, our practice went, like, two and a half, maybe three hours. And I'm like, man, this is a grind. Like, we're just getting kind of worked or whatever. And then the next day he came in and kind of kid and with a stern look and, you know, he's kind of yelling at the team and everything else. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden he's like, you know what, and this is how we're going to correct it. And all of a sudden there was like gunshots, like of, uh, um, just, I don't know, just like sound effects of gunshots. And they put on a screen, it was a like team outing, uh, going to shoot clay pigeons at the game farm or whatever. And it was just like, Oh man, like couldn't have felt any better. Like, Oh man, that, you know, yesterday was just a grind and thinking you're going to do that again. And, and I was, he did that one year. We did bowling one year. Actually, I, Brewster did that. Uh, I think my freshman year and of all the years, I don't, he, you know, he had it like to the point where everybody get ready for practice. He made all the trainers like tape everybody up yet. And we did our warm up, And then he like, was like, no, go back in the locker room and clean up. We're going to the movies and like, I've never been more excited for a movie. I don't even know what we watch, but I just could not wait. It was like, guys, training camp can be a grind some days or, you know, some, sometimes where something like that can be just such a morale booster. So. Oh, um, absolutely. Did but. but sorry, oh, sorry, what was that? I didn't hear you. Oh, no, I was oh. just gonna say, kind of like along like the practice lines and stuff like that. Did you have to like almost retrain yourself going from high school to college and college to the NFL and just how to practice against the veterans on the team that are saying, Hey, you're going too hard, not hard enough for kind of finding that middle ground. Yeah, absolutely. You know, high school, um, you know, as I'm sure I would understand as you get older, it just, the game slows down a little bit for you. And, you know, so you understand that, but I I do remember that that's uh, funny because so my first year in green Bay, um, you know, training camp, obviously, everyone's fighting for the positions and, and that's, that's tough. But um, when I re-signed, I re-signed. So I got released after training camp my first year. I re-signed with them later in the year uh, for practice squad. And I remember being out there and I'm like, Oh man, like I do, you know, I don't want to get caught or anything. So I'm just running, you know, as hard as I could run like the scout team and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I think it was BJ Rogers 
detailed. He's like, man, slow the F down. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, huh. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, I understand that. But at the same time too, you're not signing my checks here. Like I don't want to lose this. Like, and he's but, probably not the best to listen to either. His career wasn't very long. He, yeah. yeah well, well, he, he was, he was a he, beast though. When he was in college, he was yeah. great. And then he yeah. had like one or two good years in the pros. And I don't know if he had injuries or what happened. But, well, no, I think he, he's I think a pretty big deal. And I think he just retired. I mean, I think he had signed a pretty good contract and just took off. Um, yeah. I think it was kind of, you know, he, made some good money and his body was still pretty healthy. And, oh, and, man. you know, I think, I think you, you need to hear more stories like that. I mean, uh, Megatron or some of these, like, yeah. you know, and I think he had some concussions, Luke Cookley or Keekley, but, um, you know, he retired, he's not even 30. And it's like, you yeah. know, I think there's some big money contracts and I think there's more awareness of the CTE and, and things like that, that, you know, people are playing, but I don't, you know, I think they're, trying to look in the mirror too and see, you know, how, how much you want to put your body through or, you know, the concussions, that kind of stuff. I mean, fortunately I've never had any, so, I, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've, for the people that have had multiple, I, I think that's a little bit different um, yeah. thing you got to focus on. I mean, it's easy when you're younger. Oh yeah. I can still tough this out or whatever, but 10 years, 20 years later, and you, you know, have the symptoms of, or, you know, almost like you almost have a dementia or you, keep, you know, can't remember stuff or that and say, well, that's not a real exciting no. thing to look forward to. And think, yeah, I seeing like the previous generation who would, you know, rip their finger off, tape it up and go on and, keep <laughs> playing. and like now yeah. seeing the effects of that, like the younger generation is like, okay, I don't need to sacrifice my body for 12 years. Like, let me get in, get this money and get out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Trey Wayne's on the show. <laughs> And he, that's one of the things he talked about. He's like, I'm just trying to get a big contract, you know, play a couple years and then we'll go from there. He's like, I'm not trying yeah. to sacrifice my body for no amount. Yeah. He's smart yeah. about it. He is very smart about it. I'll give Trey that. He, he's just like, hey, man, once it stops feeling good, I'm hanging it up. If I'm happy, yeah. I'll keep doing it. But once it starts, he's like, I yeah. can't. I don't want to risk it. Yeah. And guys like that, too. I mean, they're in a little different position. I was, you know, uh, you know, scrapping to – get an opportunity, you know, those guys that have drafted us, they're in a little different driver's seat in there and where their path goes. I mean, something like Trey or, you know, they, they have that ability. I mean, but yeah, it's different too. I mean, again, when you bring you know, the money into play, it, it changes it too. I mean, it's not just for fun anymore. It's certainly a job. I mean, if you're getting sick of it, it's like, well, but you're getting paid well. It's like, well, it's kind of hard, hard to hang the cleats up too. Yeah. So it's, kind of a tough tough decision to make but so i just i never got that big contract so <laughs> hard for me to say what so those guys are feeling not league minimum is not terrible either uh yeah but i didn't get that i was never i never made the active roster so oh. that was that was tough but i um but even even that you know practice squad it was uh i mean i think it's even increased since then and um you know now too they can have a couple more players on practice squad and and you know, I, when I played, that's give or take about 10 years ago or less than 10 years ago. But um, just some of the rules that have changed, I think, has really started to benefit the players. And even at the college level, I absolutely love the rule where players can play in, you know, four games and still keep their red shirt. Because yeah. I think that's a great way to, to help get some kids some experience. It also helps with injuries. If you got, you know, guy that's going to be out a week or two well hey we'll get this guy in there we'll kind of make do gets him some you know might be a refresh and gets him a little bit of time but 
we can still, you know, retain that redshirt status at the end of the year. You know, I think that's an excellent uh, thing that the NCAA switched. So I hope they continue to keep making strides and and stuff like that to help the players out. You know, the NCAA does a lot of things that just benefits the NCAA. And yeah, it'd be sweet if they actually, you know, scratch the players' backs because they actually make them the money. So, yeah, especially now going through the coronavirus and trying to get how can we get games played in front of no fans? It's like, well, you're going to not say for the fans, but it's safe for the, the players. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think I, we're having sports, man. I think, I think yeah. high school sports are gone. I think college sports are gone. You might <laughs> be able to do like a baseball, but I don't think we're going to have the NFL. NBA can't even get through a practice. Like, I don't want to come back <clears throat> live in a bubble. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a weird time, and and that's I mean we could talk for another two hours on you know paying college athletes and everything there. The, I'll just say the one thing I would be I'm just a, I hate to see is the trickle down effect. We start paying college players, is that going to start getting into high school? And but I guess that's probably already you know, has. Yeah, you know that's a good point. That's a good There's a lot point. that are getting paid that people just don't. yeah 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 that's a good point. So maybe that isn't as big a. I don't say it's not a big deal, but maybe that's already there anyway. So, and and I think too, like one of the conversations is like people think when you say pay college athletes, they're like, oh, you're gonna give them like a million dollar contract. It's like, well, no, that's not what people are asking for. It's like saying, hey, yeah. making sure that you have money on a weekend when the dining center is closed to go out to eat or whatever yeah. else. Like, make sure you can yeah. pay all rent and bills and everything. Like that and not yeah, absolutely. And there was another rule that they changed, you know, where they have like unlimited meals or whatever it is now. But I remember in college, I think there were some of that transitions and we could get breakfast, but, um, you know, it was like dry bagels, but you couldn't get cream cheese because that was considered like a extra benefit from the NCAA. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't get peanut butter or, you know, whatever. It was just like, what? Okay, what is this? Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have this plain dried donut or uh, bagel and just bring my own cream cheese and can I use the fridge or is that an extra Will you let me use the toaster? Use... Is that allowed? Yeah, is just, is it, that a benefit? It kind of, yeah. Wear only. Yeah, like I think it, yeah, and I think they've changed the rules now, which is a good thing, but it's just some of the NCAA rules are kind of silly that way. It's like, well, you know, where's the common sense in this? But is what it is <laughs> well hazy we really appreciate you coming on the show man yeah. it was so i i was yeah. begging you for months so thank you well yeah absolutely no i it just it didn't really work in the schedule and no, I, actually, I, know. I took today off too because that's just kind of making a long weekend had yeah and had the birthday and whatever and i'm glad you reached out because then i was like yeah actually today would work perfect so on short notice i'm, I'm glad to work for you guys too uh, thanks for having me on it, it's it's always fun talking talking shop talking some football everything else so Love to have you back whenever you want to come yeah, back. When it's, uh, you're a busy guy. When the snow yeah, gets off, get in and talk about uh, talk about the racing a little bit as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We can do that too. You guys, let me know if you guys uh, there's a week that um, that works for you guys or something. Yeah, we can certainly do that and and uh, can talk a little more on that that part of it all too. Because you know, just kind of touching on that. I yeah, raced for five years through high school. I stopped because. Uh, you know, again, the opportunity for football. And then uh, about two years ago, I picked it back up, um, did one race just for fun, ended up getting, oh, I raced two classes, got a second and a first, and I was just hooked back into it. So <laughs> so got back into it, and yeah, I've been racing the last two winters and uh, plan to again this winter. So 
But yeah, we can save that for another time and and uh, go no, more in depth on that. Then we so. got you. Next next one we're doing in the studio, Hazy. All right, that sounds good. So. All right, perfect, my man. Well, Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you.